Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is oh so good. Well, we, uh, we hear so much <clears throat> about climate change. If you've been following the news lately, we hear so much about climate change going on in the world, all about us. Um, some buy into it. Others don't buy into climate change being a reality. Well, one thing is for sure, that there is climate change, but not climate change as the masses would understand it. There is climate change, but not the type of climate that is changing in today's world. The climate change that is all about is spiritual in nature. Prophecies concerning 2019 being a challenging year, and we see the year starting off with a bang. We see right away that the year is really starting off with a bang with what's going on. A legislator states that the world would be ending in 12 years due to climate change. Now, based on God's word, no man knows when, and we, of course, based on the word of God, know how the world will end. Okay, and the Bible does not say anything about it ending due to climate change, but either that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying this is what's happening about and all around us. New York, the state of New York, celebrated a new, abor- new abortion law. Yet still in New York, there's uh, the death penalty for criminals. Uh, uh, the, the death penalty for crimi- criminals is outlawed. And well, not because they say it's inhumane, but yet still with this new law, babies can now be killed as late as the uh, last trimester, the third trimester, up to the ninth month. Okay, up to the ninth month. So in other words, an outlaw has more life privileges, if you will, than a newborn, newborn baby. We see now that in Virginia, they tried to follow a similar law, but the bill was shot down, thank God. And I understand that Rhode Island is also considering a similar bill. All around us, we see nothing but things that would be counter to the word and to the will of God. A House of Representatives committee tried to remove the words, so help me God, from the oath that they administer to someone when they're being sworn in for testimony. Okay, and thank God that bill was also being shot down. So we see there's a trend going on already in 2019. An actress has a little daughter, and she's going to raise her genderless, meaning gender fluid, as the term is these days, raise her genderless. And now what she's saying is that this little girl will be free to choose whatever she wants to be, male or female. She will be able to choose her, 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 her gender. A cop, the Colorado, in Colorado, the lawmakers there are considering legislation that would prohibit the state's public schools from teaching abstinence. In the schools, they are going to outlaw. They're saying that the public school system there cannot teach abstinence. The only sexual sex education that they will have is our, um, is our other, they will promote our uh, planning, planning, sexual planning. And in other words, what, what does a child, what, what are the options a kid has, you know, for engaging in sex? What things do they need to think about? But as far as abstinence is concerned, uh, that will not be a part of the agenda. This, of course, has drawn much, much criticism from the, uh, from the masses and from prominent religious groups in the area. The Denver Post reports that the bill, backed by Planned Parenthood and the American Civil Liberties Union, better known as ACLU, characterizes that only teaching abstinence, um, abstinence in sex ed is not comprehensive and is, not, and is inconsistent with the requirements of a sex ed, ed uh, curriculum. Okay, so they're saying that that's not enough. The legislation also mandates that sex ed classes include medically accurate, and I quote, medically accurate information about all preventative methods to avoid unintended pregnancy and sexually transmitted infections, including HIV AIDS, and allow students to decide for themselves which preventative methods and are best suited for their individual needs, beliefs, and values. This is, is the bill that's proposed for this school system, but abstinence cannot be taught. Teachers would be required to include the relational or sexual experiences of lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender individuals in their lessons without using shame-based or stigmatizing language or instructional tools. Yes, indeed, there's climate change out there, all right, but it's a spiritual change that is going on. We in the body of Christ, we do not hate or dislike the LGBT community. We love them like we love anyone else because God so God loves everyone that is in this world. But it's the lifestyle that God frowns upon. And we as Christians, of course, don't agree with that particular lifestyle. It doesn't mean that we harbor any hatred toward those in the LGBT community. But this is where it's heading, where they're trying to bring this into the schools. Churches, looking about, talking about things happening here in 2019, starting off with a bang, churches are being called on to help promote the LGBT agenda. 
using twisted and interpretations of God's word. That's another big push that's going on. Many, many, many are falling in line with the leftward swing of this country. The Bible prophesies that the great falling of the way, falling away of the church would occur. We see this not only happening for those who are unbelievers or non-believers, but we see this happening amongst believers, where they are shifting and falling away from what the Word of God says. Let's go to the book of Timothy. God predicted that this would be happening. I should say prophesied. It's prophesied in the Bible that it would be happening. 1 Timothy chapter 4. There is a, a constant attack that is going on to chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away at what the word of God says. And we as Christians have, have to be able to not get caught up into what is popular, but we have to make sure that we're in line with the word of God. Chapter 4 and starting with verse number 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Please underline that. In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath uh, created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. If it be uh, received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. But the main words there are in verse number one, that in the latter time, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And I can't put it any other better way than what the word of God is saying, giving heed to seducing spirits, because those that would try to try to convince us Christians, us believers from going in another direction, that's exactly what it is. It's a seducing spirit because they speak very, very, um, very, very eloquently, they speak very articulately, they even will go and reference the Bible and then twist the word of God in the Bible to make you think that their position is indeed right. So we need to make sure that we, that we are indeed following the, the anointing of Holy Spirit. The Spirit expresses that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Don't be one of those that, that will wind up departing from the faith. If you go to 2 Timothy, go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter four. I charge starting with verse number one. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant or diligent in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine. Underline that, please. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Okay? But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Again there, so the operative words are actually in, our, uh, in verse number 3. For the time will come, underline, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Underline that, please. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And we see that happening today where sound doctrine is not being, is not being adhered to. They're not listening to sound doctrine. And still, they want to take doctrine. They want to take the word of God and twist it to fit their own perverse meaning. Okay? And instead, it goes on to say there that uh, uh, after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Teachers having itching ears. Now, in biblically, from in the Bible, when you see that term, itching ears, itching ears is a term used in the Bible to describe individuals who seek out Individuals who seek out messages and doctrines that condone their own lifestyle. Okay, that's what itching ears is referring to. All right, people who seek out those doctrines that condone their own lifestyle as opposed to adhering to the teachings of God. Okay, to God's words. Okay, so itching ears is where you find someone that is jumping from church to church, going from from church community to church community. They'll sit through a Sunday service. They'll hear the message. And if there's something in the message that they don't agree with, ah, that church is no good. That pastor's crazy. That pastor, and they'll jump and they go to another church. They go to another church and they'll hear a sound word of God being preached. They will they will see the signs and, and moving of Holy Spirit in the ministry. But yes, though, so there's something within the convert with something within the message that they 
don't condone or doesn't fit their lifestyle, so they'll go off to another church. They'll bounce, and then finally they land on a church where the, where the pastor, the minister, whoever is preaching, or the doctrine of the church embraces whatever it is that they believe in their lifestyle is correct. That's what itching ears is, okay? And then when they finally land on that particular church, oh, that's the greatest church in the world, that's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and this is where I want to be, this is where I belong. Not because it's the word of God, but it because it condones their lifestyle, or condones what they want to believe, or condones what, whatever they uh, want to do with their lives, okay? If, you, if you're a person that you just want to live a loosey-goosey life, you can do whatever you want to do. You can have two or three, three husbands, two or three wives or whatever. You can go off and cavort and lead, lead a wild life. Trust me, there's a church out there that will condone that. There's a church out there that somewhere that church will say that's permissible, okay? And you find that. You're the, that kind of person. When you find that church that preaches that, that's where you'll say this is the greatest church in the world. So when this says here in verse number three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Okay, so they'll turn their ears away from what the true word of God says to go in line with that with that philosophy or doctrine that is condoning their particular lifestyle. This is what we see happening today. But God doesn't change. God doesn't change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One of the things that you hear from those that are seeking this other, other, other um, doctrine or other biblical philosophy or belief is that, well, what was stated in the Bible, that was for the old times. That was, that was for Sodom and Gomorrah. They were not a loving people. The, the times were different. The times were different. This is a different culture. That's why I say to you, the only climate change that is happening today is the climate, the spiritual climate that's happening. It's changing, changing very, very swiftly. But God does not, does not change. Let's go to Hebrews. God does not change. Book of Hebrews, chapter 13. Chapter 13. Okay, and just one scripture there you can... Please underline it. You probably already have it underlined. But uh, Hebrews 13, verse number 8. You probably already have it underlined. Verse number 8. Praise God. Okay? Real simple scripture. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Okay, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right. So when you meet those people that come up to you and start saying, oh, well, the reason that so-and-so is the way it is and the reason the Bible says this, it's because it's changed. It's changed. The, the world that we live in, the, 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 the world that we live in as applicable to the Bible is not the same as it was back then. Well, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, if you, and if you go to Revelation 1.8, and you can just write it in your margin someplace, but Revelation 1.8 says, I am Alpha and the Omega says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So God hasn't changed. God has not changed. The word that he wrote back 2,000 years ago still applies to us today. The things that were a blessing in, in those uh, uh, earlier biblical days are a blessing today. Those things that were curses in those biblical days are indeed curses today. Okay, Psalm 89 uh, verse 34 says, I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. So for those who, who are seeking those with itching ears and looking for a message, looking for a doctrine that condones and accepts their particular life and whatnot, okay, God is saying, saying that he will not violate his covenant or alter the word that went from his lips. So God's not going to change his word. God's not going to change his word just because we're living in the 21st century. God's not going to change his word just because this is 2019. God's not going to change his word because it's 2000, roughly 2,000 years ago since Jesus Christ walked the earth. God's word is the same. So if God said that he blesses this, he blesses it today. If God said back then that he does not condone this, does not want this uh, uh, things or lifestyle for our lives, the same thing stands today. Okay? But people with itching ears seek to hear those things that condone whatever it is they want to do. One of the most wonderful things about being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus Christ, is that God doesn't change. Jesus Christ is the same as we just read. Now, although human interpretations of biblical teaching on sexuality and many other things may change, the word of God was a solid, solid foundation for Christians living 2,000 years ago and is the same for Christians living today. 
The grass withers and flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. That's Isaiah 40, verse number 8. I take great comfort personally in knowing that God's teachings are true and unchanging, even when it becomes difficult to stand on those truths as the cultural tide turns against the word of God. It's going to be more and more challenging for us Christians to stand on the word of God as this climate change, the climate of spirituality, spirituality changes in this world. It'll be challenging for us to stand on what the word of God says is indeed true. All right. But God will prepare us. God will give us the strength. God will give us the words. The bottom line is that we, we have to we have to almost like I, I, I take no prisoners where this is concerned. OK, I will not alter. I will not deviate. There's no way you can convince me or change me. I don't care by who does what or who in the family says what. I don't care by who, who in the family or someone close to you, their lifestyle is whatever it may be. Or, or, and I'm not just talking about sexual things. I'm talking about other moral issues, those things that are right and that are wrong. Just because people are doing something today does not mean that we should be going along with that cultural change. Because that's what's happening. That's what's happening. You see, and, and, and for anyone, for anyone that... Anyone that is praying and that is in tune with Holy Spirit, it should be as clear as the nose on your face what is happening. There's an orchestrated move. There's an orchestrated move of by darkness. It is it's an orchestrated move by the devil himself to, 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 to just invade and get into, into our lives, especially as Christians. Those that are out there who are not professing Christians, who are living lives as hellions anyway, they're no threat to the devil. So the devil can just leave them to go on their path. They're on the way to hell and damnation anyway. But for us Christians, though, who know what, who hear the word of God and know what the word of God is, we are prime targets because the devil wants to get in, get the, in there and change that, okay? And case in point, and case in point of that is looking at what's happening within the church. The stuff that is coming into the church and is trying to be taught as a, um, a, 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 this is God's word to fit today. This is God's word as it applies to 2019, to the 21st century. You see, and it's coming right into the church. We see it happening where the kids are concerned. Look at, as I read, that Colorado law they want to bring into the classroom where they want to f- f- uh, force kids to believe these dastardly um, doctrines, these dastardly things to, to pervert them. Okay? Every single time you turn around on TV, every single commercial that normally shows a man and a woman, now all of a sudden is showing two men or two women in these commercials. You see it more and more. More and more. And this is at prime time when the kids are awake because they want to get the children to believe. Remember, I think it was last week, there was a prophecy about suffer the little children to come unto me. Okay? We need to watch what's happening with our children, what's being, what they're being exposed to. You see? If you've got the Holy Spirit in you and you should be listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you, you should be able to see that there's an orchestrated move here by this darkness to just come in and just and to just slowly pervert everything that's going on. It can get to your wife. It can get to your husband. We need to pay attention as to what as, as to what's going on in our households, because even our husbands and wives as Christians can be can be infected by this darkness if we're not careful. OK, because all of us go out into the outside world. Your husband, your wife goes out into the outside world during the day. During the day, your husband or your wife is exposed to all sorts of talk, all sorts of nonsense. And as the cultural shift around us shifts more and more and more, if we, if our husbands, if our wives are not bold and strong to stand up in the word of God, they too will be caught up and swept in and and swept in or swept up with what is going on in the outside world. Okay. I don't know how many times back before I retired and I'd go to the office, I would hear so much nonsense. And if I wasn't strong enough to take that stuff and just push it out and say, no way, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ, you bring that thought and those actions right into your home. They, and they become up, wind up becoming a part of your home. They wind up being, being acted upon by, by your spouse or by your children. So we need to be on the alert and see what is going on. Because the devil, as you've heard me say a million times, he's an insidious character. He's not always going to be in your face, you see, but he'll bring things in such subtle ways and little ways where it'll appear to be normal. Why is it appearing to be normal? Because so many other people are doing it. So many other people are doing it. So it must be okay. And it really starts seeing normal to us Christians when you start seeing other Christians doing it. 
other Christians doing it. All right. And one of the things that may, may maybe some of you run into this. I don't know if you have or not, but I know I certainly have over the many, many years when I'll bring up a point or somehow in the conversation, something about the word of God will stand up and I'll say, no, it will stand out. I say, well, no, I don't go that way. The word of God says so and so, so and so. I just don't, you know, I don't get involved with that. Whatever it might be, whatever it might be. And say, oh, well, so and so does that. He's a Christian. So-and-so, he goes to the so-and-so church, they do that, and, and they're Christians. Well, I'm not going by what so-and-so does. I don't care what church it is. I don't care. If they're doing something not in line with the word of God, then it's not for me. It's not for me. And I'm going to be strong enough and bold enough to stand up and say so, okay? I could give a hooly hoop what you thought, what you think about me. I could care less. I don't, I don't need you to be my friend. It's nice if you want to be my friend, but I don't need you to be my friend. The bottom line is I'd much rather be a friend of God, as God said, as the word of God says about Abraham, he was a friend of God's. I'd rather be a friend of God than to be a friend of any man that's going to take me away from what the word of God is saying. You see? But there's a lot of itching ears out there today. They want to bring God down to their level, to make God down to, to their particular um, belief system in life. We can't do that. God is the one that has to guide us and to dictate um, what is going on around us. Okay? Okay? Um, even though those and, and circumstances around us change, we cannot do as others do just to be accepted. The Word tells us, don't do. The Word of God says, do not do as the inhabitants of this land would do. Okay? Don't do. Now, why would God say something like that? All right, let's go to Scripture so you know that this is not just me making this up. Go to De- Deuteronomy 18. <laughs> just thinking how it's just so funny. Deuteronomy 18. On a much more, a much more joyful note, but it certainly happens. And my wife and I chuckle every year. We're talking about the Bible says don't do as others around you would be doing. But on a, a lighter side, to see how easily human beings can get caught up in that. You ever notice what happens at Christmas time? Right after Thanksgiving or so? One person on the block puts their lights up. Next thing you know, another house has their lights up. Then it's like everyone is racing, exactly, exactly, to see who's going to put their house up, their lights up next. Okay, including us, including us. Oh, boy, look, at next, he's got his, we better help him get ours up. Okay, and then it becomes a race, you know, to get those lights up on, on, up, up first and to have them turned on to be, so that now it's getting earlier and earlier and earlier, people are turning their lights on. I'm waiting to see now they have their lights on in May. Somebody come out, put their lights up, their Christmas lights up in May, just so they can see I got my lights up front. See, but even within the community, within the neighborhood, there almost comes an an, an unwritten and unstated uh, um, rush to make sure that I'm not the last one to put my lights up, you see? But God said, don't do as the inhabitants do. Now, what I was just talking about, it was a lighthearted way where we see we as human beings are very quick to, what is, it, what is it, birds of a feathers flock together. We are very quick to want to be accepted. We're very quick to want to be like the masses. We don't want to be the odd guy that's out there. We don't want to be the strange one, the only one that's not doing that. Proof of that is look at fashions. I mean, the minute a particular fashion comes out, then everybody is following suit. I read a thing one time that talked about colors um, related to stars and how they influence the fashions in terms of colors. And they were talking about that particular time, Michael Jackson, because he wore a lot of dark clothing and people were falling asleep. Look at one time people were dumb enough to be wearing one glove, okay, because they want to, you know. And so everybody wants to be like others because they don't want to seem like they're outside of the general population, okay. But when it comes down to the things of God, sisters and brothers, I'm saying to you, you got to be very, very careful, especially today, because there's a climate change. There's a spiritual climate change, okay? And those things that are right and, and right and held up by the masses, we don't want to be a part of necessarily, okay? Especially if it's something that's going counter to the Word of God, okay? And God very, very astutely, of course, he's God, so of course he would be astute in saying the things that he says. It was warning Israel about not doing as the inhabitants do. Go to Deuteronomy 18. And we start with verse number nine. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of uh, abominations of those nations. So he's saying when you come to the land which I'm giving you, 
God is giving them this land, but he's saying you shall not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be, be found among you any um, that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consultant with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all those that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God does drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess, hearkened unto observers of times, unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God has not suffered or allowed, have not allowed you to do so. Okay? So the same, th- the same thing stands today. That we have to be careful. God give us, gave us this land. He placed us here where we have freedom and so on like that, which is even being challenged these days. But we shall not do the way the way the others do. Okay, because the things that other people are doing in many cases are an abomination. And if they're not downright abominations, they're, they're certainly against the word of God. Amen. So, so we have to be careful just because you're living here and just because you're going to work around these people and just because you're doing that and you're in this environment, you need to make sure you keep yourself set aside and, and, and set and, and, and perfect, quote unquote, in the eyes of God. Because we can't be following, all right? And the reason that God said that, obviously, is because if you start doing as they're doing, then what are you doing? What are you doing? If you start following suit with, with the world, with what they're doing, then what do you do? You are tainting yourself. You wind up believing just like they do. And then you wind up making excuses just like they do. And then the same curses that they have going on in their lives, you bring those curses into your life. You hear you're prospering, you're being blessed by God, and all of a sudden you get around a group of people, be it at work, be it at, at church, God forbid that it's at church, but, but, but wherever you may be, and then you start going along with them just because that group has itching ears and they're trying to be involved with other people that believe and, and condone what, what, what they, how they are living, then you wind up doing the same thing, okay? And, and, and it, it doesn't... You know, you've heard me say so many times the little saying I have about how do you cook a frog? You know, you drop a frog in the hot water, he's going to try to try to jump out of jump out of the pot and so on. Okay, you put a frog in cold water and just slowly turn up the heat, slowly turn up the heat. That frog starts cooking before you even realize. Well, that's how the devil is. You know, the devil is not going to drop anything that is so horrendous before you that you're just going to hightail it and run in the opposite direction. But it'll start gradually where you'll start compromising. You'll start making little compromises. Oh, it's okay for them to see. It's okay for the kids to watch this. It's okay for them to to watch that. It's okay for me to watch that. It's okay for me to say that. It's okay for me to hang out with this guy. It's okay for me to hang out with this gal. It's okay for me to go here to go because others do that. The minute you start doing that, next thing you know, you're caught up just like God is saying it. Do not do as they would do. Okay? So how do you know? How do you know? How do you know when someone else is doing something that you should not be doing? How do you know? Especially when it isn't something that is in your face wrong. I mean, after all, you're not going to run into anybody that's going to say to you, hey, help me come rob this bank. Okay? He said, I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> okay? But somebody said, then you're just going to instinctively say, no, that's not right. No, I'm not robbing that bank. Okay. But there'll be some, some other little things in your life that you'll start accepting. Little things. You, little things that you'll start hearing from somebody else. A coworker, Someone in the family. Your wife. Your husband. Your cousin. Your nephew. Your niece. Somebody will say, well, well, well we do that. We do that. And it's somebody that you hold in high esteem. So, so how do you know? If that person that I've known for a hundred years and so forth all this time is, is, is such a good person, a loving person, and they're prospering, and they're Christians, they're going to church, but, but how do I know that something is wrong? It's very simple. It's the Holy Spirit of God that's in you. It's the Holy Spirit of God. If, if, if you're crossing the line, so to speak, the Holy Spirit in you is going to tell you, don't go there. Don't believe that. Oh, that's not true. That's not so, you see. Because in this day and age, in this cultural change that we see, this climate change, this spiritually climate change that's happening, what you'll see is that you'll see the things that are counter to God will be argued in a way that it sounds like it is God. They'll be quoting scripture to you, half quoted. What did Satan say to Jesus during the temptation? They say, uh, 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 throw yourself off the, off the cliff because the angels will, will surely bear thee up. And he was quoting Psalm 89, I believe it was. And, and Satan left out critical words there. Do not tempt the Lord your God. 
Okay, Satan left those words out, you see, you see, you see. But, but as people start talking about the things that are acceptable by God and will try to quote you God's word, but the thing that they're trying to say is acceptable is totally unacceptable by God, their reason for making it acceptable will be, be they will actually be quoting the word of God. But they'll be twisting it. They'll be twisting it in a way where if you aren't sharp enough and you're not listening to the Holy Spirit closely enough, it'll sound like what they're saying is right. Amen. So this is where we need to be careful because we have to have Holy Spirit to guide us. And Holy Spirit is in you. You just have to listen to what he's saying. And whatever you do, don't get to the point where you're hearing Holy Spirit in you telling you "Ah, you don't want to go there or you don't want to believe that or you don't want to let your kids do that or you don't want to hear this. You don't want to hear that. Okay, okay. when when you're hearing Holy Spirit doing that, you know, don't doubt what you're hearing. And don't let someone come in and start talking and overshadow what Holy Spirit is saying to you. Okay, you know. Would I lie to you? You know, how long have you known me? Would I lie to you? Come on, I've been doing this for a hundred years and I'm being blessed and so forth. Would I lie to you? The Holy Spirit is saying to you, ah, don't go there, don't go there. Let me show you some scriptures, brother. Let me show you some scriptures, sister, that say so and so and so, that allow me to do what I'm doing. And you're telling me I can't. Let me show you some scriptures that say that. Okay? You better have Holy Spirit in. You better get to the point of listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying to you, that's not what that scripture means. Okay? Because he's going to lie to you. He or she will lie to you and twist the word of God to make you think that what he or she is saying is true because it wants it's helping him or her to do what it is that she wants to do. So you need to be very, very careful. Okay, God says, do not do that. And Colossians, Colossians 2. Praise the living God. Colossians 2. Colossians chapter 2, starting with verse number 1. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as, as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. Underline full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is in the line, verse 3. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge is in God. All of them. Okay? True wisdom and knowledge. You can listen to man, listen to me, you can listen to some other pastors preaching, whoever it might be talking. The real wisdom, the real truth and real knowledge is in God. And what your job is to do is when you hear something coming from the pulpit is to to weigh what you're hearing. Bounce it off. Let Holy Spirit minister to you whether or not it's ringing and speaking of truth. If what is being said is not speaking of truth or is, 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 is somewhere off the mark on that, then what you knew is, is, is before you receive that package and sign for it, and lock it down in your spirit, sign, seal, and deliver it. You need to make sure that if you, at that particular point in time, you make note of it, and you go back home later on, and you check that word against God, against the word of God, and you pray about it, and you let that thing just seep into your spirit, let the Holy Spirit minister to you, whether or not what you heard is right on, is spot on. Don't be buying a pig in a poke, as they say. Don't be taking the word at, at face value. Amen. Because in God, in God, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, it's in God, it's in the word of God. So that's the first thing that in this age that we're into, in this cultural change, this climate change that we're experiencing spiritually here, we need to be very, very mindful of Holy Spirit and what the word of God really, really says. And let it be uh, confirmed by Holy Spirit when you hear things, because you're going to start hearing things out there as the devil, you know, you know, you know uh, increases the pace. You're going to be hearing things that sound like God so much. You're going to be hearing things that really sound like it's the word of God that's ringing true. You're going to be hearing it more and more and more. So you better listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't harden yourself by making an excuse because this is what you want to do or you want to accept. Don't make excuses to yourself and start um, drowning out the Holy Spirit when he's trying to give you a warning to be careful. Amen. Verse number four goes on to say, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Underline that, please. And this I say, unless any man should beguile you with enticing words. And we see more and more enticing words being spoken. More and more. Okay? Okay? Okay. If you read the Bible a lot, and hopefully we are all at least getting to the Bible a couple of times a day, be it for a few minutes, be it for a half hour, an hour, whatever it is that you, that you can spare, 
you know, and, and, and you're to really in prayer that you will be able to intel, to tell enticing words. You'll be able to spot them. OK, and enticing words will often be scriptural, not scriptural. They'll sound like they're scriptural. They sound like they're based on scriptural. OK, but the man, the person is going to twist it and pervert it. So that you, if you're not careful, you'll start believing and listening to what you're saying. Unless any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. Underline that. So walk you in him. Okay? One of the things that you can do which takes no effort at all. You're hearing something, you're in a meeting, you're in church, any place out and about, Christ is in you. You can just kind of get in the habit of saying, Jesus, does that make sense to you? Jesus, is that you that I'm hearing? Jesus, is that something that I should believe? It says here, so walk you in him. God is with you every single moment, second of the day. Takes you but a, a nanosecond to ask God, God, am I hearing, is that right? Am I hearing? Is that right? Okay. Because when you're hearing those enticing words, when that person is trying to beguile you with enticing words, those enticing words will sound very, very scriptural. Possibly they'll sound scriptural. But the Holy Spirit that's in you is going to tell you the difference. The Holy Spirit will in, that's in you, even though the person there. Some people are really talented in that they can almost quote book. You know, all 66 books in the Bible, you name a scripture, they can rattle it off to you. Okay, many people are good at doing that. The bottom line is that the Holy Spirit that's in you will raise up and say, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, that's not what I intended. The person can quote the scripture to you and will take it entirely out of context. But because the words are beguiling and because they speak with authority, because they speak articulately, because they may have an alphabet of letters behind their name, Ph.D., Master's Divinity and all that kind of stuff, that right away people are going to believe that when they speak, it's got to be gospel. Man will speak to you with beguiling and enticing words. Okay, if someone is speaking to you in that authority or in a venue where they're trying to get a message or a particular message across, Okay, then, of course, they're going to speak with authority. They're not going to get up there and stumble. Um, well, um, I think, um, I think. And I believe it's, it's Colossians. One, uh, no, uh, uh. no, they're going to speak with a whole lot of authority. Speak like they're very, very learned. Okay. And it's very possible that maybe they are very, very learned. But guess who was learned? The scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were all very learned men. But they didn't know Jesus. Didn't even recognize, didn't, didn't hear Jesus' words that they were speaking, he was speaking. Why? Because they didn't have Holy Spirit. There's no Holy Spirit revelation, okay? And I tell you one thing for sure, tell you one you can take to the bank. If you've got someone that is speaking to you with beguiling and enticing words because they're trying to get their point over to you, which is not in line with, with, with the Word of God, not in line with, with the Word of God, okay? The words are going to be flat. They'll be flat. There's no life in them because there's no Holy Spirit in those words. So therefore, they'll be flat. They will not resonate with your spirit. When you hear words from the Holy Spirit come to you, you know that this is the Holy Spirit saying to you, this is what it is. This is what, this is what I should, this is what I should not believe. Okay? But because they're, they're enticing and they are beguiling and because they can, that they, they are great orators. Okay? No was a great orator? Adolf Hitler. Great orator. Mussolini. Was a great orator. I can name some politicians that are great orators. Okay? But was it based on biblical guidance? Was the Holy Spirit there? Amen? So in this time that we are in, you need to make sure that you are tuning in and tapping into the Holy Spirit. So you can quickly, quickly re- reject. Some of the things that you read on face value, okay, and even I've done that, read something on face value, hmm, hmm. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, okay, I remember that scripture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe then something in my in my gut. That's not so. That's not so. That's not so. Okay, and then you read it and you pray. You read it. God will show you the scripture that countermands what that person is saying. God will show you where to go in the scripture to show you that what that individual is saying has been twisted or 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 or, or perverted, or how that person has gone and and has just fallen short of totally quoting the entire scripture. Or saying what God intended to mean at that particular time. This is what God really meant. This is what God really meant. Okay? All right? 
Now I'm going to go here for a second. We hear so much today. And as I said, as a child of God, I love people that are in the LGBT community. But as God pointed out, I abhor the lifestyle. Okay, I'm going record saying that I'm not in agreement with it. The people, the persons, I love them the way God said I should love them. But the lifestyle I will not condone. I will not accept. But you hear today that why should you feel that way? Because the word of God, you know, um, God loves everybody. Yeah. Amen. But they're in the wrong body. They were placed into the wrong body. That's a man that's in a woman's body. That's a woman that's in a, a, a man's body. Do you believe the Bible? Yes, I do believe the Bible. Do you believe that God is God? Yes, I do. Do you believe everything he says is true? Do you believe the power and the might of his creation, his creative abilities? You look at the universe and around you, the, 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 the perfection of the universe. You look inward in the inner universe, as I refer to it as, look at the human body. Look at the perfection in which the human body was made. Yes, though, God is going to make an error and place a man in a woman's body, a woman in a man's body. And then you're going to try to back that up to me by Scripture? No, I don't think so. Because if you believe Scripture, wholly believe Scripture, you believe that God is who he says, you believe that Jesus is who he says, you believe that Holy Spirit is who he says, that God is, that this is the written inerrant word of God as inspired by Holy Spirit to man. If you believe all of that, you believe in the perfection that's in the Bible, the perfection of God. You believe in all of that. But you're going to tell me in that one area, God made a mistake. God made a mistake. I don't think so. I don't think so. And I'm sorry, you can go through all the transgender, all the physical changes you can make on the outside. The bottom line, that one little thing, that, that infinitesimal thing, that one microscopic thing that God in his wisdom created in all things, animal. Inanimate things, like all all life that is, regardless of mammal, fish, whatever. The basic part of that cell in the minutest form is the DNA. You can do the physical outward changes all you want. You do a genetic mapping of that person, it's still what he was created to be. That man has been transgendered into a woman, you do a a, a genetic test, it's going to be male. Same thing with the woman. He, he went through whatever hormones and so on like that. Do DNA on it. It's going to be a woman. You can't change that. But the enticing words that we God would have us to say, well, you see, we have the ability. We have the ability to do this. So therefore, God must have made a mistake. God does not make mistakes. You know? So why? 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 I ask God, why? What do they hope to accomplish? I'm sorry people hear this on the internet. I'm sorry you can write me if you want or, or whatever, but I'm telling you based on the word of God, I'm speaking from my heart. But, but why? If basically they are still male and basically they're still female, you change the genders, they still cannot procreate. So what happens to, to mankind if it did come to that? God will never let it happen, but if it did, they still they cannot procreate. So what would happen? What is the purpose? What is the purpose? Why? I shared, I shared this with my wife the other day, because Holy Spirit, I believe, is Holy Spirit revelation that brought it to me. Then, then what, what is the plan? If you got males trying to live with males and they can't procreate, why, why, why? If that became the acceptable thing, well, became the bottom line, what, what, could be, what could be the answer? How could man continue to procreate, or not procreate, it's the wrong word, but how could man continue to multiply, if you will? Through cloning. Cloning. It takes no male-female interaction for that. Okay? It takes, it takes none at all. And then you get into whole other things that would just blow my mind. It's too much for me to think about it. But if you cloned an individual, what happens to the spirit that God places in the, places in the embryo at the time of conception? What happens to, to the spirit? How is that thing? And then if you get to the cloning thing, then you've got people then with, with the rich, filthy rich that have the ability to do so. Then they'll be cloning themselves. Well, I want blue eyes to be pre- prevalent on the planet. Only blue-eyed people will be cloned. Only brown-eyed people will be cloned. Only people of a certain complexion will be cloned. You see? You see? So, so the whole thing gets off on a whole new thing. When, once you get to the fundamental rudimentary thing that God created was relationships between male and female for the purpose of procreation of, the, of, of, of mankind through normal... All of that gets skewed. You see? 
But the bottom line is that what is happening is that this is an assault on the very heart of God. It's an assault on the very heart of God. Satan would love to pervert every single one of us because of the fact that why? We are God's ultimate creation. We're God's ultimate creation. As all of the heavens and the earth and so on was done, what does it say? On the sixth day, man was made. On the seventh, sixth day, man was made. Boom. Then God said, now rest. God's ultimate creation. Satan is out there to destroy every single one of us because he knows that we are the heart of God. Especially us Christians. You see? So, so, so don't let yourself be beguiled and fooled. Stand back and let Holy Spirit show you what is the ultimate purpose here. Because if you sit back and listen to Holy Spirit, you can see the design that is out there. You can see the design, the way things are unfolding, where the attacks are coming. The attacks are coming at the children, coming at the schools, coming in places of business, coming in state government. Where certain classes are being taught. Wherever, wherever, wherever people are, are, are captive, if you will, to, to listen to a certain philosophy, that's where it's rolling out. And now the last, to me, the, 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 the last bastion, the church. The church. Satan's getting into the church. You see? And I'm sorry, write me, email me, whatever you want, but I'm sorry, but, but it's there. When you start seeing people, you start seeing people that's, that's, that's going off like this and, and quoting and twisting the word of God. It's getting into the church. So God is calling to us as a remnant, as a people, who are we going to be? Are we going to stand strong in the Lord? Are we going to be able to stick to his word? Okay? God is saying, I put, I put before you life and death. Choose. Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 20, God talks about, I put before you life and death to choose. Choose. All right? Talking about a remnant. Let's go to, to Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23, verse number one. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. You can put a highlight if you want around verse number one or a bracket. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock. And driven them away, and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock, underline, I will gather the remnant of my flock, the remnant of my flock, the remnant of my flock, out of all countries, whither I have driven them. And will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up my shepherds over them, which shall feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall be lacking anything. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. This is referring to Jesus. I will raise up unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Okay? Verse number one. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Of my pastor. Then it says there that, that, that I will, uh, um, looking for a remnant. I will set up my shepherds over them, which shall feed them. All right? So you see, it's been, it's been prophesied. It's been prophesied that this, that this is going to happen. Okay? And before I got out to get out there ever, doing something like that, that I, I, leading the flock astray by preaching things that are not based on Scripture, you better be very, very careful. Okay, all right. But we as believers, we as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to make sure that we are not falling for every single hook, line and sinker that's out there. Look, 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 look in the book of Daniel. Look at Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar built that 90 foot tall statue and said, when you hear the drums and so forth beating, you shall bow down and worship me. And what did Daniel say? He refused to do it. God didn't cast him to the lions then, but there was no harm came to him in the lions then. Amen. So how bold are we going to be? Are we going to be strong enough and bold enough that as this as this cultural shift continues in this land, 
And I believe we're just beginning to see, to see the very, very beginnings of it. It's just now starting, but it's starting off with a bang because it's in your face. It's in your face. Amen. Anytime you can have someone that will, that will just declare that in 12 days, if we don't get a handle on this, this, this weather-related climate change, not spiritual, then we get a handle on that in 12 years, the earth's going to be destroyed. I cracked up when I heard that. I cracked up. Okay. And, and lo and behold, when you dig, she's basing that on some report of a climate change organization out there that said that. But we as, as children of God, we know good well. First of all, what's wrong with that statement? No man knows when the earth's going to be destroyed, when Jesus is going to return, when the, the world's going to come to an end. No man knows that. Okay. And secondly, we know that it's not going to be destroyed that by climate change. Okay. Yes, so people fall in line and they start quoting, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. Okay. See, see but these are the beguiling and enticing words. You cannot let yourself get caught up on the bandwagon of what's going on out there. The very people that you're hearing things from are just as twisted and perverted because obviously there's a slant on what's being talked about. There's a slant on what's being put out there in the news. There's a slant that w- w- where there's such bias out there. You need to make sure that when you're hearing things, you're filtering it through your Holy Spirit. Okay? Some news channels will report things more uh, 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 proficiently or, or more accurately than others. So you, you just can't you, you, you just can't trust them. You need to make sure that you're hearing that. Let, let, let the word of God, let Holy Spirit confirm what you're hearing. All right. These, these are challenging times. But we as Christians do have nothing to worry about, nothing to worry about, because God has given you a spirit of discernment. All you have to do is use it. All you need to do is to use that spirit of discernment. Check what you're hearing. Just don't go falling for hook, line. I don't care who's telling you. Don't fall for hook, line, and sinker. I don't care whether it's your boss at work, whether it's somebody in the neighborhood, whether it's your husband, whether it's your wife. You check everything that you hear with the word of God. Because any human being is subject to error. Anyway, I don't care who that human being is. How much you love them, they're subject to error. So you need to check what they're saying with the word of God. And if it doesn't check right and the Holy Spirit doesn't clear it, then you need to, you need to dis- dismiss that. If God tells you to challenge it, yeah, then you go on and challenge it. But if not, if, if it's not a thing, if you challenge it, just don't swallow it. Just don't take it. Amen? Because there's many, many lies out there being told today. And there's a plan behind it. Just don't think that all this is just happening by chance. That it's just coincidental that things are happening the way they are. You pray about it and ask God to show you, Lord, what is going on here. Simple prayer. I challenge you to do that. You pray and you ask God, God, show me what is going on here. Okay? And how much detail he decides to show you will be based on, on your relationship with him, how much he can trust you to hear the truth and do something about it, or he may just give you a general idea, a general feeling. But if you just stand back and look, I mean, any, any child of God to me, it's so crystal clear what's happening, that there's a plan behind what's happening, and that it's not, that they're not um, separate incidents that's going on in this world today, especially in this country. Some of the things that's coming into this country has been happening in other countries for, for centuries, but things are coming into this country now that have not been here before because there are those that want to change it, and that's part of the plan. Amen? Amen? So, praise the living God. I just pray that you continue seeking God, let Holy Spirit guide you, and just know that he is there to help you and to make you be successful in all that you set your hands to do. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you, and now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.